love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with my friend Lee. How are you, Lee? I'm good. Jonathan. And this is our segment, our Healing Hidden Wounds segment, in which we're going to talk about uh, helping folks who are dealing with uh, unwanted same-sex attraction and all the ramifications that that has and all the different components to that. And so this week, Lee, I guess we're going to look at feelings and talk about feelings, which hopefully when you hear, guys, when you heard that, you didn't turn the radio off and or just say, right. say to your wife or girlfriend, oh, it's time for you to listen. No, men, you have feelings too, and we're going to talk about this, but we're going to talk about it maybe from a different angle. So where do you want to go with this broadcast? Well, as you said that, I'm thinking that's probably a lot like saying today we're going to look at air. Uh, it's probably just yeah. about that. It's, it's probably just as easy to look at feelings as it is to look at air. You can't really see them, but they're there, and uh, guys don't like to acknowledge their own feelings, and that's kind of what we're talking about today is that feelings aren't allowed here. And especially for guys. I don't think sometimes feelings are allowed in a home for a guy either. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, boys aren't supposed to cry. Boys aren't so supposed to feel. You know, there's usually one emotion that guys are usually okay with. And uh, you know what that is, Jonathan? Anger. Yeah, that's right. Uh, usually we're all taught that it's okay to get mad. We can get right. mad, but we can't cry. We can't be sad. Uh, as you used the word earlier, as we were talking about this, we can't get giddy, you know. Right. Giddy and guy just doesn't go together. <laughs> it's a little too, uh, little too light in the loafers that word. So right. you have to watch something else there, uh, or come up with another word. But I think what's important here is to look at feelings because a lot of I think what we work with as far as sexual addiction is is based in an outcry of I just want to to feel, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so I choose not to feel because I don't know even how to do it, and it hurts, and it, uh, I'm emotionally immature, and so I head off into an addiction. I use porn, masturbation, fantasy to not have to even acknowledge that I feel. Well, that's just it. There's, then there's a misassociation uh, of, of feelings being equated to sex because you do feel when you're, you're expressing your sexuality, when you're... When you're having sex or when you're masturbating or when you're doing something sexual, you're feeling something. Sure. And so, but the problem is, is they, a lot of guys that get involved in sexual addiction, they've just substituted sex for normal, healthy, relational emotions. Sure. And then it becomes all convoluted because they go, they, they're actually getting worse emotionally while they might be expressing themselves more sexually. Sure. It becomes very confusing because they say, I'm feeling something when I'm having sex, 
But yet now I'm emptier and emptier and emptier emotionally. I've become this bankrupt, void, emotional shell. Sure. And it's interesting, I think, because probably more often it's easier to feel physical feelings than it is to feel emotional feelings. And sex is, if you're if you're disconnected and you're just having sex, it's usually a physical feeling that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just like a guy, you know, he may not express his emotions by crying, but he may go slam his fist into the side of a wall or break something or slam his car door or do something like that. So those are physical responses. I can get mad. I can, I can punch. I can hit. I can be angry that way. But don't ask me why I've got a tear in my eye because, you know, my dad just said something that hurt my feelings or my girlfriend just broke up with me or whatever. You know, it's like I don't know how to feel. Well, I'm wondering if it's not so much that we don't know how to feel because we all feel, but maybe we're we don't know how to identify. We don't know how to. Sure. Because I, I know for me, I mean, in my history and even in my life today, I, I'm I'm feeling all the time. And I think that's true of all of us. We're feeling different things all the time, all throughout the day. The the question is whether or not we can actually we actually embrace and identify what we're feeling because isn't that really where the problem comes? We feel you know these the guys who develop either same sex attraction or some sort of a sexual addiction, they've they've never not known how to feel. They may not have known how to express it, how to embrace it, how to identify it. Sure. And so then it just becomes something that goes into the closet somewhere right. in their mind, in their heart, or whatever. Or it gets hidden, or they're told not to feel. Maybe that's a better word for it. Maybe they yeah. don't know how, but they've just always been told, you know... Don't you know, express that here, is basically right. what they're saying. That's right. It's not allowed here. We're not allowing you to cry. Why are you crying? Oh, Johnny, you know, called me a name on the school bus. Oh, you just need to get over that, and, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, And so we're talking mainly about family environment at this point, right, that... that the family or the the family of origin that this child grew up in was sort of a don't feel kind of family but certain emotions weren't allowed sure it can be family of origin but it can also be teachers it can be coaches i mean you know a lot of times a guy gets a message across his childhood that you know i'm not allowed to feel especially the the hard emotions the crying the worried i'm not supposed to look worried i'm not supposed to look fearful i'm not supposed to look afraid not supposed to look sad. All those things are kind of off limits. Well, I was an athlete growing up, and I can promise you, man, that don't feel certain things happening in the locker room and in on the you know on the football field and in the basketball court. That was definitely an area in which, you know, whether or not the coaches were were you know specifically touting that message, it was an unwritten, unspoken code that it was like, you know, if you lose a game. I'll tell you this, a girl's locker room and a boy's locker room were very different. Sure. Girls are all blubbering and crying and hugging each other, and we're all, you know, slamming lockers and beating our heads against the wall and not talking to each other. Right. So, <laughs> and, and you put that in a marriage later, then you got right. real problems. Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we won't even ask how you knew it was going on in the girls' locker room. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next part of this is just... Uh, you know, the family of origin is interesting because uh, I think sometimes in very rigid families, like what we talk about sometimes is the rigid family or the over-enmeshed family, you know, there's certain people in the family who, who are allowed to feel. And maybe mom is one of those. Maybe mom and sister, they can feel so the boy sees that mom cries sometimes when dad hurts her feelings or mom, you know, is able to cry at movies or some of those sorts of things, but he's not allowed to. And then when he does... He gets quickly told this is not appropriate. This is not how you're supposed to be. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's you know it's interesting because 
what I'm hearing here, though, is because I'm thinking about the male-female dynamic, and then, you know, girls can do this, and boys aren't, you know, a real man doesn't do this, and a woman can do this, and, and, but what I'm, what I'm, what's interesting to me is that there is some truth in these overly exaggerated, unhealthy sure. messages that we're sending, because you know what? Yes, men are supposed to be you know, warriors, fighters, providers, protectors. Women are supposed to be nurturers, loving, you know, caring. So there's there's this dynamic that's part of our makeup as a male and a female. But what we've done is then we've attached various emotions that are right or wrong based on that those fundamental dynamics of being male or female. In other words, saying being male and being a protector and provider and all this kind of stuff therefore translates to these types of emotions being allowed or disallowed. Sure. The problem with that is that you can have, you can be a warrior and yet be tender. Sure. And feel and and actually be uh, hurt. And, you know, it's not like being a warrior now precludes you from having any sort of emotional tenderness. Sure. Well, it's that question for all those modern-day warriors out there. How many of you have come in after a hard day of, of warring and hear, you just don't hear my feelings? How come you don't want to know how I feel? You can't understand how I feel. And it's because he's got this deer-in-the-headlights look of going, oh, my gosh, now I'm supposed to feel here? And so I think if we grow up in that place of not in a, not knowing how to at least acknowledge when we hurt, you know, I ask a lot of guys out there, and I ask this question just for you guys to ponder, is, you know, how many times has did anybody ever sit down next to you and you are having a rough day and say, hey, son, it looks like you're upset. Tell me what's going on. Or you look sad. Tell me how you feel. A lot of guys never got that because they were always just supposed to kind of buck up and be okay. And so he's got all this churning emotion inside, you know, especially around those big T traumas we talk about, you know, the divorce maybe and you're just supposed to buck up because now you're the man in the family or you know maybe he's just lost his best friend or you know he's not sure even who he is as a as a boy and he's confused about all that and nobody wants to talk about that and so they just kind of keep telling him he doesn't have the right to feel get over it it'll be okay move on quit thinking about it it's all water under the bridge all those things begin to teach him that these feelings i'm having aren't acceptable and, but wouldn't you say also that, that one of the keys here, especially as we talk about same-sex attraction and kind of the development of that, is that it may not be so much that no one came alongside him to teach him these things, but maybe dad did not come alongside him to teach him these things oh, sure. in, a, in a healthy and appropriate way. But mom was more than willing to step in and really maybe teach him female emotion Sure. And female relating, but dad was aloof in this process. Dad was absent. Dad dad maybe wasn't even in touch with his own emotions, so he's not about to take that on. And and, and sometimes I see it seems like dads are more than willing to sort of abandon that task to the moms. Sure. Because it's a, it's a scary place for him to go. Well, most likely, yeah, he wasn't taught how to deal with his emotions, and so now he's married to a woman who wants him to not only deal with hers but also deal with his own, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to do that. 
And uh, oftentimes he's already off taking care of those emotions other ways, medicating them through porn or masturbation or fantasy. It could be alcohol. It could be something else. But some way, work, it could be work. Mm -hmm. you know. But some way he's figured out a way he doesn't have to feel. And so he's the other male in the family is kind of growing up watching this. And, yeah, he sees mom. And mom's, oh, honey, come over here and let me give you a kiss. And, oh, honey, let me hug you. And all those things. And for that guy who's just got general sex addiction, he doesn't get over, or maybe mom doesn't overly involve him in her emotions, but for the same sex attracted guy, he becomes mom's little husband at that point. And she's sharing how she feels with him, and he's supposed to then start taking care of her emotions, and he's already unsure how to take care of his own. Yeah, and so I guess at that point it becomes sort of that enmeshed uh, relationship between mother and son that goes beyond, because, you know, when you're mentioning some of that, I'm going, lots of that is healthy. Lots of that is healthy in the terms of mom coming alongside and her her, sure. her son's disappointed or he's hurt or he's angry, whatever, and her coming along. That's her role. That's what she does. She, that's what she's great at. Absolutely. You know, dads come alongside and say, you know, let me teach you how to treat a woman with respect and how to love her and let me show you how to do these tasks, you know. And that's a, that's a sort of bonding that fathers have with sons. And I think in that... There can be those conversations about, well, hey, you know, when you remember when we were changing the oil and you you forgot to put the you forgot to put the pan under the oil pan when you took the cap off and oil went all over the, you know, all over the garage. How did we feel about that? You remember how we and, you know, so there's opportunities even in the male bonding to talk about emotion. Sure. But uh, there's a different sort of nurturing that mom can give. But what you're saying is. It can it can then sort of cross these appropriate lines in which now mom is sharing emotions that these are adult emotions. These are emotions that are not to be shared. These are her emotions of disappointment and feeling lonely because she's not getting what she needs from her husband. And so now she's looking to this son who's more than willing to sit in her lap and cuddle and talk to her and, and let her just vent. Of course, at the same time, the son's probably thinking, I... I don't have a clue what to do here, but a little son never likes to see his mom upset. Sure. So he's going to do whatever he can, even in his little 9, 10, 12-year-old mind, sure. to try to help mom. Right. So he gets drawn in and trying to help her. And, and we have to remember, this is a, to the point of, of unhealthy connections. I sure, mean, yeah. Sure, it's wonderful for mom to nurture and to care, and, but even in, in, in all circumstances at some point she needs to pull away from that and allow him to, to press into dad at some point and that's what we're talking about is here with same-sex attraction this doesn't happen he doesn't press into dad because there is no pressing in dad won't really feel for him he has no he's probably already rejected dad because of something else that's happened and so everything he presses into he presses into mom mm -hmm. and so then what kind of response then, because we're talking about emotion, would you say a lot of this is, is can be born out of also the fact that um, not only does that boy not necessarily know how to identify or express or isn't allowed to express certain things, also maybe he's never seen, you know, had had healthy emotional people dealing with emotions in a healthy way represented before him. Sure. You know, he only sees dad blow up, throw throw a beer can across the the living room and stomp out in the garage and he's out there for 4 hours. Right. He's only seen mom, you know, crumpled in the corner just crying her eyes out because dad didn't come home till 3 o'clock. Sure. Night. So some of this too is just uh how when or if ever has this boy seen 
healthy emotional expression. Well, he hasn't, and so he just kind of has to wing it, and it may be that mom's not crumpled in the corner. The other type of mom that sometimes we see is the mom who has no feelings either, and she just kind of goes about her business and gets dinner ready, even though the beer can just sailed across the den- the, the living room, and all she does is goes pick it up and clean it up, and then everybody acts like nothing really happened just now, and we all just kind of ignore it. And we're asked, even as kids, to ignore it. You know, even the kids are told, nothing really happened here you know I don't know what you're talking about everything's fine and we just keep moving on and so emotions in general start to churn in this guy in this little kid and so he doesn't know what to do with his own emotions you know he's scared he just saw a beer can sail across the living room mom's either crumpled in the corner which means she has to go he has to go take care of her now or we all just act like everything's fine and yet nobody know nobody shows him how to deal with what he's feeling about just what happened here and would you say, I mean, I'm, I don't want to make too many generalizations here, but would you say that some of this, too, in this environment of this certain things can be felt and not felt, is is there typically like one member of the family that's kind of the dominant, emotionally needy person? And so then, therefore, everybody else's emotions either gets ignored or never dealt with because there's this person, you know, dad's the center of attention or, or mom's the center of attention for anything. And so... So maybe a kid growing up in that environment just learns at a certain point in time, I just, I'm not going to express any emotion because it'll get dwarfed by whatever emotional need there is in this other person. It could be a sibling, too, maybe. Sure. And, and, and at that point, maybe this boy is sort of feeling invisible emotionally. Right. And that has a profound impact, too, on what he does and doesn't do with his emotions. Sure. Well, all those messages, you know, especially in a family where we're just not allowed to feel, the first message is, is you're invisible and your emotions are definitely not meant to be heard here. And so you're just supposed to act like everything's okay. And so then what does he do with his emotions? Well, he stuffs them until he can go find something to to soothe. Uh, Or maybe only mom is allowed to feel, you know, as far as emotions like sadness and worry and fear and those sorts of things. Maybe she can feel those. But no one else can, especially the young, especially the men in the family. Or maybe dad's the only one that can rage around the house screaming and yelling and throwing things. And so yet if he were to do that, dad would, you know, there'd be swift and sure punishment for that. Mm -hmm. Or if he were to cry, maybe mom can cry, but dad would come in real quick and say, boys, don't cry. Get over it. Dry it up. Or I'll I'll give you something to cry about. One of those things. So he just learns that he doesn't know really what emotions are allowed he watches his dad being allowed to have anger and he watches his mom being allowed to feel but he's not allowed to do either of those things so then what are some of the only responses that then a young boy or only conclusions and responses that a young boy can come to if he's had his emotions ignored or he's got to stuff his emotions well he's going to go find some way to get over that pain to soothe himself so you're telling me that a person cannot perpetually remain in a state of emotion being stuffed or ignored. I don't think so. Because I think God made us with emotions and I think we're meant to feel them and deal with them. So and what it basically does is if we're if we're stuffing or ignoring emotion, uh, essentially it acts as a channeling effect. It'll just channel us somewhere else. It'll keep channeling us until we can find some way that we are able to sort of release or or express that emotion or even just uh, dump it. Sure. And I don't want listeners to jump to these huge conclusions. Oh, my gosh, you know, any kind of time that happens, then, you know, my son's going to have issues. Or 
I'm saying this is a this is a pattern. This is a con, a thing that happens a lot over time. That the general belief in the home is that we don't allow emotion. Uh, you know, a, a guy I worked with, you know, he remembers his mom and dad being divorced, and dad was supposed to come pick him up on his weekend, and sometimes he just wouldn't show up. And of course, he'd be packed up and ready to go, and he was looking for it, and couldn't couldn't wait for dad to to get there, and then all of a sudden. He'd just be sitting there looking out the window, and as a seven- or eight-year-old kid, he'd finally realize when the sun went down that, oh, my gosh, it's late. Nobody's, he's not here yet. Mm. Mom never came in and talked to him about it. Mom never came in and said, hey, it doesn't look like your dad's going to show up. She just kind of let him sit by the window for several hours until dad didn't show. Then all of a sudden, when he went to mom, mom would say, oh, you know, come in here and I'll fix you something to eat and we'll have, a, we'll have fun. Well, it was... No one ever said, hey, son, I'm, that feels probably pretty crappy that you got, done, mm-hmm. you know, that your dad didn't show up tonight. And I'm sorry. How does that make you feel? And, you know, of course, a seven or eight year old's not going to give a, you know, 20 minute presentation on how he feels. He may just say it sucks, you know, and that's about right, it. Yeah. But at least somebody acknowledged that I have a right to feel here and and that it's OK. But when that doesn't happen, you know, he may head off into his room after it's all over and find some way to, to soothe himself through either, you know, just beginnings of, of self-soothing, touching himself, or in things that end up in the masturbation seven or five mm-hmm. or six years later. Now, so what what are the ultimate ramifications then of this adolescent that then grows into manhood? What are some, what are some of the ramifications of this pattern of learning to stuff and ignore emotion? What, how does that eventually, what are some of the crippling effects that that has then on a man when he's grown up in this environment and just learned to stuff and ignore emotion. Well, he rages for no reason or he gets he rages out of control for somebody spilling milk at the dinner table or he can't deal with his wife's emotion because, you know, as we've probably seen ourselves, sometimes when our wife has emotions, it causes us to have emotions too. And so if I don't know how to deal with my own emotions, then I'm not going to not know how to deal with her emotion. Mm-hmm. And so then you got a marriage where this guy's per- perpetuating the cycle of we just don't deal with emotion here because the only thing that he's learned to prevent his wife from feeling is when he rages out at her and she finally just says, okay, never mind, I won't say anything. And so that's the way he likes it. And so you got a marriage now who doesn't feel. you got a household who's not allowed to feel. And so you've got kids who now mm-hmm. won't feel. And I'd say I've never met a sex addict that doesn't have an underlying anger problem. Sure. And what's interesting to me is that no matter through all those uh, childhood years and adolescent years, no matter which emotions were not allowed to be felt and no matter which emotions you stuffed or ignored, it's interesting as they're as they're kind of swirling around in your system, they form an angry soup. Sure. It's interesting. I mean, I've always thought this fascinating. It's not like it's not like if a guy uh, stuffed sadness you know over and over and over and over and over again throughout his entire adolescent growing up that then it's it's a volcano of sadness that he no it's like whatever emotions get stuffed it's like what they do kind of while they simmer in being stuffed and hidden and not expressed is they become an angry explosion sure and i've always thought that's interesting because it's i think it's more about the fact like like you said that child just wants to be heard and known that this is a safe environment in which feelings can be expressed. Because I think the, the why it becomes an angry explosion 
is because there's pent up frustration over the years, regardless exactly. of what the emotion was that was stuffed. The frustration is actually about the fact that I was not able to express that to the people who say they love me. Sure, and especially if you if you take that a little step further, the whole soup idea, you're going to end up seeing that you know when the lid gets tightened down on the crock on the uh, pressure cooker, and he's never allowed the soup just keeps boiling underneath there, and finally that lid's going to blow off. Mm-hmm. And and what do you do with that? Well, so the only way he knows how to maintain that is to self-soothe and to keep self-soothing. But he really has never been heard, and therefore he really still carries a lot of resentment of nobody wants to know how I really feel. Mm-hmm. So in closing, how would you encourage our listeners this week if they've, if they, they've been nodding and saying, yeah, I, I come from this environment, I... I can't express emotion. I have a hard time connecting with my girlfriend or my wife or my my friends. I just I just can't seem to connect. What would be the first steps in them being able to sort of come out of this emotional fog? Well, I'm going to say one of the dirtiest words to men that I've ever heard it said before, and that is journal. Guys don't like to journal. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but journaling feelings can be very helpful. Yeah. I mean, and I know it's uh, it's like, you know, telling somebody you're about to have to go in and have a tooth removed, but it's still... You know, journaling, even just sitting down and allowing yourself to take up a pen and sit before a piece of blank paper and just say, hey, what do I feel right now? Uh, I know most guys are going to quit about 30 seconds in and say, I don't have any feelings, so I'm quitting. But I just encourage guys to take it the next step, stay at it about 15 or 20 minutes, even if you have to sit there and just start writing about the weather and then start getting into feelings because it's kind of like a lawnmower. you got to prime it a Mm -hmm. little bit to get it going. And I, I'd also add to that and say it's it's also really great to plug into a safe group, a yeah. place where you can start sharing feelings that you've never shared with anybody else because a support group is a great place in which it is a safe, confidential environment in which uh, you, you might be able to say things you've never been able to say before and not be rejected and abandoned and, and ridiculed. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part.